Hello, I am Tony Silvera, and I welcome you to my evening devotional. In tonight's devotional, we continue the series, Get Answers from God, or Getting Answers from God. And I'm going to talk about uh, one of the most mysterious uh, items or things we read about in the Bible. Uh, it's called Urim and Tumim. And uh, we don't really know what Urim and Tumim uh, were or is. <laughs> so um, Urim and Tumim was a way, uh, well, considered a way of divination. But in, in the Bible, it was the way that old prophets consulted God. Let us read about it in uh, Exodus uh, chapter 28, verse 30. It says, you are to put the Urim and the Tumim into the breastpiece of the Sijan, and they are to be over Aaron's heart. When he goes in before the Lord, Aaron is to bear the decisions of the Israelites over his heart before the Lord continually. So it seems that on the breastplate of the high priest of Aaron, uh, there was uh, this, uh, probably a bag, and uh, on this uh, bag, there were these two items, Urim and Tumim. And those uh, should be before his heart uh, because they were used to consult the Lord, to ask questions to God. So we're learning uh, this week uh, on getting answers from God. And, and so th this is why I think it's so meaningful to learn how they consulted God in the Old Testament. The priest could use the Urim and Tumim to determine God's will in a particular situation. And we're not exactly sure what Urim and Tumim were, but uh, the priest carried in the breastplate. Um, maybe there were two sticks, maybe two stones. Uh, they say it was probably a black stone and a white stone. Uh, we really don't know, but the principle we know, uh, they were used in order to ask a yes and no question. We read about Urim and Tumim in uh, different uh, uh, Bible verses. Let's read another one in 1 Samuel 28, 6. It says, so Saul inquired the Lord, but the Lord did not answer, uh, not by dreams, not by Urim, nor by the prophets. So here, uh, it seems that Urim uh, will mean uh, yes, and Tumim will mean no. Uh, well, we don't really know, but it's not what I'm trying to guess or, or teach because uh, it's uh, uh, one of those secrets that has been uh, lost in time. But what we know is that Urim and Tumim were the yes and no way of asking the Lord. So why is this meaningful? If you want to get answers from God, you probably need to learn uh, to pose questions not like, uh, God, what is the meaning of life? That's a very complicated question for a long conversation and a long process of learning. But you can ask God, God, shall I get this job, yes or no? Some people also uh, think the words Urim and Tumim will mean blessing or curse, uh, in the sense that... Um, uh, the one will bring a blessing, another one was a curse, the opposite, or just dark and uh, light. 
Um, but uh, actual translation seems to be light and perfections. So we, we really have no clue. The Old Testament seems to indicate that Urim and Tumim faded from use during the early days of Israel's monarchy. And they were referred once after the Babylonian exile. And this may be because with the monarchy, God inaugurated the office of the prophet. So uh, let me read the last instance uh, in the Bible where we have a reference to Urim and Tumim. This is in Ezra chapter 2, verse 63, so the books of Nehemiah. It says, the, go the governor instructed them not to eat any of the sacred food until there was a priest who could consult the Urim and Tumim. So, so uh, we, by these um, Bible verses, we can get a few hints about uh, Urim and Tumim. But again, I'm not here to uh, expand on this. Um, I did some research and some teaching through my years of uh, serving God and teaching the Word of God. But uh, the principle is what I would like to teach you today. Urim and Tumim uh, represent a question uh, that uh, has uh, two answers or two possible answers. So the answer can be yes or no. Uh, if you're taking away, it could be left and right. Uh, if you're um, uh, doing any other activity that uh, involves um, a question that uh, can have two answers, that's the principle of Urim and Tumim. And today I would like to tell you this. If you want to get answers from God, learn how to pose questions with this principle. Shall I go left? Shall I go right? Shall I go to the United States? Will I go to Canada? Uh, you see the principle? These are uh, just uh, simple ways uh, on how uh, we can simplify things in order to get those answers from God. Uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free. Over here we see this uh, principle uh, where um, it's a simple mission, bringing the oppressed to freedom. When Jesus is uh, uh, talking about uh, uh, the yes and uh, no aspect of, uh, of our life, uh, it's in uh, another context, not in the con context of questioning God. But uh, we see the principle here of a clear yes and a clear no. Uh, and, and so uh, whenever you have to ask something from God, uh, don't expect a maybe. Because with God, the answers will be very precise. Uh, yes or no. Uh, shall we go to Macedonia? No. Shall we go to Spain? Yes. So, so uh, the, the early apostles learn how to question God through the Spirit, and we should learn with them. We shouldn't complicate the way we interact with, uh, with God. 
of course, that there are some detailed aspects and this enters into the realm of the prophetic ministry. Let me mention some of the roles of the prophetic in the context of the church and of the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it says, To one there is given, though, a spirit of message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit. So God can bring us uh, the, the message. So the, the prophetic word uh, is in us. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Then what shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together? Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at the most three, shall speak one at a time and someone interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to the one who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not God of disorder, but of peace in all the congregations of, Lord's, of the Lord's uh, people. So uh, we see the, that the prophetic ministry uh, started and with that ministry, the use of Urim and Tumim was lost. And uh, so the, the message started to be, uh, let's say, more accurate, more um, diverse. It's not only uh, yes or no, but it can be uh, with multiple variants. And uh, with the rise of a second century group called Montanists, the mainstream, what that was the Catholic Church worried about the practice uh, of the prophetic. And, and so uh, in the first century, prophecies started to be extinguished. And with, uh, with that, with the choking of that, um, we uh, see a, a change. Uh, now Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit will empower his disciples to do signs and wonders and mighty works, even greater ones than he. Uh, and it seems to be that this uh, was expected and the apostolic church starts to move in the prophetic. Um, well, all Christians consider their churches uh, apostolic. Uh, in the early 20th century, with the rise of Pentecostal churches, we start to see more prophetic words and uh, the gifts of the Spirit start to be a common practice, and um, uh, it's uh, what we call a revival. But just as in the Old Testament, the practice of Urim and Tumim was lost, so the prophetic word uh, started to be lost, and now it's been recovered. I want to convey to you that you can recover the practice of Urim and Tumim, not by getting two stones and getting yes and no answers, but learning how to do the right questions to God. You know, I, I believe that uh, God still wants to speak today. And uh, even though He can uh, change the way He speaks, 
In the Old Testament, he sent the prophets, then he sent his son, Jesus. In the New Testament, we see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the church. Uh, uh, during the Middle Ages, we see some dark moments of the history of the church. Uh, now, in recent times, we see a revival of the prophetic practices and of the gifts of the Holy Spirit being in operation. Uh, but um, a simple yes and no uh, question should have a, an easy answer and should be uh, a way of consulting the Lord. In Matthew 5.37, Jesus said, But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Affirm yes or no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. So I, I don't want to confuse you because this is not about the practice of Urim and Tumim. But since Urim and Tumim were yes and no, and here's the teaching of Jesus on yes and no, uh, we should know the principle. Also in James, um, uh, we can read, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you'll be condemned. Again, this is not about the practice of consulting God, but the principle is here, the principle of a simple yes and a simple uh, no. In 2 Corinthians 1.17, it says, You may be asking why I change my plan. Do you think I make my plans carelessly? Don't you think I, I am people like the world who say yes when they really mean no? Uh, so here we, we see another uh, reference to the yes and no by Paul. Uh, uh, where he's uh, mentioning the fact that he consults the Lord. And uh, when he consults the Lord, he can receive a yes or a no, and he doesn't change it. That's the principle. In uh, the same Paul, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So you can start today by uh, asking uh, a question with yes and no and uh, on your daily requests from God and start learning how to read the answers from the Spirit uh, of God. Um, again, uh, this is not just um, simple advice. It's not just simple wisdom. This has a strong foundation and uh, I hope you can... Uh, Put it into practice, and as you do so, you will see an increase in uh, the way that you will understand the communication that the Spirit has for you. I have learned how to uh, pose these questions to God, the simple ones, the yes and no. Uh, one of the most important ones uh, that I did, uh, I was um, walking with God for a few months, my life had been changed, completely transformed, and I was um, uh, in the process of learning more. And uh, I had the possibility of going to a Bible school, to a Bible seminary. Uh, and uh, it, it seems to be something very simple. You make the decision. But to me, it uh, was uh, uh, very important because I wanted to be sure about my future and my path. I had already promised to God that I was going to, to serve Him, 
but uh, I wasn't uh, sure if I should do this uh, on a full-time basis or I should, if I should just, you know, go to church like most Christians do. But uh, I knew there was a call of God in my life. So the question was, should I go to Bible school? Yes or no? And uh, it seems that um, uh, that cannot cause a great impact in someone's life, but it did for me. It changed the course of my life. Uh, it's been more than 30 years uh, starting new churches and pastoring as a fruit of that uh, yes or no question. Should I go to Bible school? Yes or no? Uh, of course, I will continue to serve God and I will have continued you know, to do things uh, for God and pr probably pursue uh, a career in something, do uh, something different with, with my life. But that crucial question changed my life forever. Now, a year later, I was already in Bible school and I uh, had decided that I wasn't going to date anyone. So I, I was supposed to stay single uh, but I met uh, my wife. Uh, she wasn't my wife at the time, of course, but I've met this girl and I spent a whole year asking God, uh, is she the right one for me? Yes or no? That answer from God radically changed the course of my life. And so I'm sharing you these uh, very important uh, decisions I had to, to make uh, in my life in order to help you to pose the right questions to God. Don't complicate things. Ask simple questions. Use the principle of Urim and Tumim to get answers from God. I hope you've uh, learned something today. Uh, again, this week uh, we're learning on getting answers from God. I hope you're getting those answers. If you need help in prayer to get answers from God, don't hesitate to post your uh, comments below. And again, if you're watching uh, it, this on uh, YouTube, uh, don't forget to hit that big uh, red button that says subscribe. That will greatly help uh, my channel. Uh, also share this uh, uh, vlog, share it on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you can. Uh, do to help to spread the word of God, it will be a great blessing. I'll be here again tomorrow to conclude this series on getting answers from God. So we'll see you again at 9 p.m. tomorrow. God bless you.